Anyways, happy Monday, y'all. I cannot believe, first of all, that it's September 20th. Yesterday was September 1st, and now it's September 20th. I'm definitely doing the most all the time. So happy Monday. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Um, lots going on. Lots going on. So I'm just going to jump right into it. A uh, little bit of a late start, just because a lot is going on. Uh, we're going to do some housekeeping, as per usual, and then we'll jump into this episode of Crazy Crazy 90 Day the Other Way. From soup to nuts. Um, support the show. Whoever you're watching, if you can hit that thumbs up, that'd be great. Bottom of your screen shows you where you can support the show and how you can support the show so that we continue to have lots of shows. Um, without people like Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Raydella, uh, Linda. I really want to meet this Linda character, my namesake. Uh, Brianna, who is my producer extraordinaire. Crystal, Donna over at Anchor FM, and Nicole, Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hey, girl. Hey, I see you in the live chat. And Dr. Jalisa and Angela, better days. Without you guys, the shows wouldn't happen, so I appreciate you guys. And as my Patreon subscribers, I'm still reeling over last week's news and gossip. I'm sitting on some more news and gossip, you guys, this week. I just did I got to ask your opinion. Like, I have been really struggling with some of the things that I know and I'm trying to respect people's boundaries, but some of the times I just want to like blurt it all out. So I just blurted out on Fridays, I suppose. And uh, listen, anytime I throw it on social media, it goes viral and it's a whole situation that sometimes I'm just like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. However, I do have some secrets that I would like to share. So Patreon subscribers, Friday, look out. It's another doozy of a week. Anyways, let's jump into from soup to nuts because this episode was nuts. All right, my disclaimer as per usual is, you know how I feel about Evelyn. They start the episode with Evelyn and Corey uh, talking about how uh, they got married a year ago, which, as you guys know, is not true. And I showed you the receipts last week. Um, but I do want to pop up. Corey did a bit of a press release, if you would say, something like that. So I want to start off with that. So he went and posted to his social media today saying, here's the full and complete story of when and how me and Evelyn got married on June 11th, 2019. Me and Evelyn got secretly married in uh, Guayquil, Ecuador. We didn't tell anyone because Evelyn wasn't ready for her family or anyone to know she had gotten married at that time. I respected her wishes. We decided to keep it a secret. The production, the production team was not made aware of this because we had just finished filming our first season. Now, let me just stop everyone right there, okay? Let's go back to like IMDB or whatever and find out when their first season was. Because was the first season in 2019? 2020, 2021, did we just meet them two, three years ago? Okay. 
So that's my first like, mm, okay. So we didn't tell anyone because Evelyn wasn't ready for a family or anyone to know. She had gotten married at that time. I respected her wishes. We decided to keep it a secret. The production team was not made aware of this because we had just finished filming our first season. At the time, we were not in talks with filming again. So we didn't feel obligated to inform them. It was a very private and special moment for us. When we arrived in Guayalquil, we went to the place to get married. However, we forgot one very important fact. We needed witnesses or witnesses. We tried, but they would not marry us without having at least two witnesses. So we went out to the streets in search of two random strangers to help us out. Then he goes on to say, um, the process only took a few hours and that was it. We were married. It was a very special and surreal moment shared only with the one I love. I'm happy and so grateful. I will never forget that wonderful and crazy experience. I eventually did tell a specific cast member about our secret marriage. Unfortunately, she, she proceeded to tell everyone and attempted to make it as public as possible. She twisted our story into her own version and attempted to make us look like frauds. She tried so desperately to make us appear like we were lying to everyone. The reality was that she just wanted to hurt us. It was very wrong and disappointing. I hope this clears up some of the rumors that are out there. I feel like we have the right to privacy, primarily during that time and for that moment. We are not hiding anything from you guys. This season will update you on everything that is to come. Thank you all that stand by and support me and Evelyn. It really does mean so much to us. Thank you to all that watch and enjoy our story. Blah, blah, Evelyn, I love you with all my heart. Um, so yeah, that is his official statement about getting married last, well, 2019. Side eye, side eye, side eye. Um, and that someone outed them. Outed them. We know who that someone was. Um, you still lied. When that person outed you, you still lied about it and said, no, that's not true. That person's crazy. That person wants to take us down. That person is this. That person is that. And so which is it? That's just my curiosity. Like, which is it? Was that person lying back then? When you literally would go on live and say that person's a liar and a traitor and not a good friend and you can't believe that you became friends with that person? Or did, did she tell the truth and you guys lied about it and continue to lie about it because Evelyn wasn't ready for anyone to know that she secretly married you? Because like in the episode, if it didn't work out, she could secretly divorce you. Like, stop it. Just stop it all. Just stop it all. It's so ridiculous to me. Who, who marries someone in hopes that they might be able to secretly get divorced? That's just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Um, Dasha wants to know who outed them. Um, I'll just say this, the person that's, that went to visit them, and she is also Canadian, um, but that's the person that outed them. So anyways, they said they got married a year ago, and the sisters, Lipsy and Leslie, are mad, they feel betrayed, and they can't believe that they got married in secret and didn't tell them. Um, I was like, these sisters, 
I don't know if it's like a gene, but the sisters are exactly like Evelyn, like 100%, 100%. And I don't know where exactly it comes from, but you can tell that they're sisters. I'll tell you that. And it's not because of their physical resemblance. Um, Kelly, hey girl, hey. So she explains to them that she wasn't ready, by she I mean Evelyn, explains to her sisters that she wasn't ready to get married, but Corey's visa was expiring and they were in a good spot at that time in their relationship. And so last minute, they decided that they were gonna get married in June of 2019, June of 2019. My note says SMH. Um, and then she cried. She cried right, right after because she didn't really know if that's what she wanted and she didn't want to hurt Corey's feelings, but she cried after she got married because she didn't really want to marry Corey. She just felt obligated because his visa was expiring. Now I could say a lot of things right now, but I'm just gonna hold back. I'm gonna let you guys talk amongst yourself in the live chat, but that just sounds like the stupidest reason to get married. And you've been with this dude for a whole long time. And plus you've been married longer than 2019. Don't try to fraud over here. Thank you very much. So no one knew Corey was pressing her to tell her family. She really didn't want to tell her family. She really just didn't want to get married to him, but you know, what can she do? That's in my personal opinion, her money train. So he's the one that brought the money over from America, setting up her business, helping her with her business. That's why she thinks she can get a $50,000 wedding, even though she's already married. I mean, if you're already married, why do you need such a huge, I get it. Like maybe it's your dream wedding, but it's not her dream wedding because she never wanted to be married. She never dreamt of being married, but all of a sudden now she wants an extravaganza. Por qué? Doesn't make sense. So she's doing a trial run by telling her sisters, but she's not gonna tell her parents quite yet. Her sisters are all pissed off. Um, and then this is the part that I'm super confused about and, and still kind of marinating in my, my mind. So she's told the sisters about this Peruvian girl, the Jenny girl, right? So she's told the sisters that Corey was cheating on her, met this girl and cheated while they were married, all the things. But at the same time, A, you said you never wanted to even marry him. You cried as shortly after you got married. Then things weren't going well. So you wanted to take a break from your, from your marriage and you kicked him out. So he went to Peru thinking that your relationship was over pandemic hits, he has to leave Peru. He comes back to Ecuador to get him his stuff, but he's stuck there because the borders are closed. And now you have to quarantine together. So you quarantine together. And in all the months, because you know we were quarantined for like a year, you guys decide that, hey, maybe this is gonna work out. Is it working out because we're the only two people that can see each other? I don't know. Is it working out because we're both lonely and bored? I don't know. Is it working out because Corey then brought back his money and is paying for everything? I don't know, but you worked it out. But you didn't tell your sister all that. You just told your sister that he left and he cheated on you. So now, not only have you talked shit about your own husband and brought your personal business 
outside and you guys already know how I feel about that. There are two people in a relationship. Deal with your shit with your with the person that you're with. Doesn't hurt to like, you know, talk to your family or whatever, but they don't have a say in your relationship. They can give you their opinion. But if you're always saying shitty things about your partner, guess what? Your family's going to hate your partner because you're only ever talking shit about them. Tell tell your family about the great stuff that he does, the money that he gives you, the lifestyle that he gives you, the trips that you go on. Tell tell them about that stuff. How about that? Anyhow, she does that and also decides that she's going to set him up. So the sisters want to meet him for a sit-down lunch. But your wife is not going to tell you, hey, listen, I told my sisters about Jenny, about how I was feeling, all the things. And so just look out. They're going to probably want to ask you some questions. No, you're just going to go in blind and you're not going to tell him shit. You sit down. He's already like, hey, you know, what's going on? Trying to like get in the good books with the sisters. Already knows that there's a little bit of tension with them. And Leslie, the sister, comes out like she chose violence that day. She chose violence this day because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't condone violence, but Corey should have thrown that soup right in that bitch's face. Yeah, I said it. So she orders three crab suits and one balls soup for him, all in Spanish. His wife is sitting right beside him, doesn't tell him, sits back, kicks back, lets the two girls be bitchy to him, lets the two girls set him up, doesn't say anything to her, her partner, the love of her life, the man that she married doesn't tell him, oh, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. Just sits back and relaxes and lets the sisters make a fool out of him. What kind of partner is that? I'm sorry. What kind of partner is that? Evelyn doesn't say anything. Now, the flip side too, Corey, A, you've been living there a long time. You should know way more of the language. B, three suits come and one suit doesn't come for you. And then your soup comes after your soup looks a little different. You should be asking questions. You don't know what this girl who said to your face that she doesn't even like you ordered you. So why are you just eating away? No one else is eating. Everyone's looking at you. That wasn't ringing some bells for you, some red flags. Like, ooh, something might be going on here. Why is this soup so special? Why is everyone just looking at me? Okay. Could have asked what it was. But... He doesn't. He's eating. He says that it tastes fatty. Leslie throws in a, a deep jab saying, oh, it was made with love. She starts laughing at him. Then the sister starts laughing. Evan's looking over with the side eye, all smug. And I was like, you know what? Hey, Linda. Hey, girl. Hey. Linda says, why is she so mean to him? It's a mystery to me. It is a mystery to me too, my friend. I don't know how, I don't know how he could be with someone that just blatantly hates him, like blatantly hates him and sets him up for failure. I don't, I just don't understand it. So he's eating away. No one's saying anything. Then the sister says, oh, you're, e you're eating penis. You're eating bull penis. Now in that moment, okay. In that moment, I, I just, paused my screen like I paused it because Evelyn just looked and didn't care that the sisters 
were literally making a fool of and attacking her husband. Didn't she didn't give a shit. She just sat, she actually enjoyed it, in my opinion. She enjoyed what she was seeing. Anything to put Corey down. Now, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't be with someone who was like blatantly evil like that. I couldn't. Th that how are you two a team? How is it you and I together? Because it's not you and I together. It's like you and them, and then me over here. It's very bizarre and unnecessary. I just, ugh. I cannot. Dasha says, I think she just has contempt for him because he's a pushover. Well, then he needs to stand up for himself, Dasha, because all of this, is outrageous. Like it was hard for me to even watch. So the sisters are making it clear that they don't like him whatsoever. And uh, Corey's like, well, hey, listen, this is really none of your concern. Like Evelyn, why did you go and tell them this is between me and you? And Evelyn's like, don't try to change the subject. Don't try to turn it on me. This is about you. You did this and you want to stick your dick in Peruvian women. So you Go ahead and eat those balls. Oh my, where is all this? Where? Do you like him? That is my question. Do you like him? Like, not even do you love him. Do you like him as a person? And Corey, can you not see that she doesn't like you as a person? Because I have to tell you, this whole like keep your friends close and your enemies closer does not work for me. And especially if you two are supposed to be married. What is this? You're supposed to be a team, you against the world, and it's like you are against your own partner. It's so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre. And I can't understand why he does. Okay, so here's my question to you guys. I didn't write it down. I'm just going to verbally ask you guys. Why do you think Corey puts up with it? Let me know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the replay. But why? Do you think it's a dysfunctional relationship? Do you think it's um, because he absolutely loves her 100% and just can't see himself with anyone else? Do you think it's because he doesn't see the, the abuse that he entails with her? Like, I want to know, why do you think that he, he puts up with the way she treats him? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the comments. So... The sister goes on and says, you know, I know you went to Peru and you met a girl and you you were like, you know, slinging your dick everywhere and you cheated on my sister while you were married. And then he's like, hey, listen, I don't think you really guys know the whole full story. Like, I don't even think Evelyn told you the full truth. And, she, and the sister's like, yes, she did. I know that you're married. And so to him, he thinks that now she knows the full story because he didn't even know that Evelyn decided to tell the sisters that they're married. And again, I go back to where's the communication in this relationship and why is Evelyn always setting him up for failure? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's really, really bizarre. Stevie, it's bizarre to me. So I just wanna clarify some things because I remember when this storyline first started. First of all, Evelyn has taken many breaks from Corey. And when I say many breaks, many breaks. She she has broken up with this guy for often, okay? And Evelyn has also cheated herself in the past. I 
personally do not think that Corey thought he was cheating. And I'm going to explain why. And I'm not married. So my married people out there, you can tell me if I'm wrong. So you're married. You separate. Your partner says, I need a break from you. I don't think this is working out right now. I'm not happy. I need a break from you. So your partner travels wherever, travels to Timbuktu, okay? Meets a girl in Timbuktu or meets a boy, meets a person, meets someone else that they're attracted to and gets with that person, okay? Then the world shuts down and your partner has to come back to wherever you guys are living, but he's coming, he or she or you are coming back because you think that it's over. You need to grab your stuff and go back to where you're from, wherever you're from. This guy, you're from America, so you're going back to America. But you go back to your spouse or partner, and that you can't leave because the world is now shut down. And so now you're stuck. Did you cheat when you were on break and got kicked out and were in a different country? Thought your relationship was over? Is that considered cheating in a marriage? I'm curious. I'm curious, is that cheating? Because to me, if you're on break, you're on break. If you are separated, you are separated. There are plenty of people that have met people while they're separated and they're not officially divorced yet that have been in relationships. So is that cheating? Dasha says, a break space to me means we are broken up. Listen, a break is a break. Separated is separated. If you are no longer physically with this person, then I don't understand. Master of Blackjack, hey, Master of Blackjack. He says, if you are married, there's no such thing as a break. And Vanessa says, they admitted on the show that they probably wouldn't be together if it wasn't for the pandemic. But those are facts, I already knew that. It's, a, it's only because of the pandemic that they're still together. And, and I dare say, like, like I just wrote to you or, just read to you that they didn't know you guys that they were going to be on a new season because their season had ended years ago. We had forgotten about Corey and Evelyn. They were asked to come back for this new season. And I dare say that that's the only reason they're still together is because they are having the TLC fame and money that it comes with. I don't think if they were not asked to come back, this season that these two would be together still. I don't think so. I don't think so for one minute. Not for one minute. Corey goes on to say that they were on break, that he had a broken heart, that he wasn't looking for anyone, but he, he was feeling lonely and brokenhearted and he was in the middle of the pandemic. So he met this girl. And the sister says, well, you know, broken hearts don't go looking for other people. Yes, they do. Lonely hearts look for people all the time so that they don't feel lonely. Broken hearts look for other people so that they don't feel broken. Leslie, grow up, go get some experience, and then tell me some things. Don't fucking talk out of the side of your head when you don't even know what you're talking about. And for the record, Leslie and Lipsy, Maybe be in your own relationship and deal with your own issues and deal with your mean girl stuff before you start dulling out advice. Just saying. Um, 
then Leslie, you know, she's like, basically, you know what? If you hurt my sister, I'll kill you for real. On national TV, decided that she was going to threaten Corey. So if Corey ever goes missing, then y'all know who did it. Okay. Not a fan of any of that. Not a fan of any of that. I think it's, it's outrageous. I think that Corey's over here saying, oh, now I'm a part of the family. Are you, Corey? Have they accepted you? Are you really a part of the family? Your wife didn't even want to tell the family that you guys were husband and wife. The parents still don't know. The sisters hate you. But you're happy to be a part of the family? Your, your wife doesn't even like you. I just feel like you should have, I just feel, I feel for Corey. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a self-esteem thing, but he seems like a really nice guy. And uh, he allows people, like he allows Evelyn to walk right over him. And I'm not even sure why. <laughs> Facts. Amanda says, kind of a bad timing to threaten killing your partner when we're seeing this happen in real time on the news. Those are facts, Amanda, 100%. Like I said, if anything ever happens to Corey, you know who did it. And I would take in all three of the sisters because those three. Those three. I just like how how all three going to be so mean. Usually in a family, there's like at least one of the siblings is like, let me just be the reasonable person. Let me be the one that's like not such a mean person. I want to say so much, you guys, but I don't want my, I don't want my, um, <laughs> I don't want the fact that I already have preconceived notions of this girl to really affect like the review. But I'm just saying like, I'm so surprised that the three of them are all very similar. I'm really, really surprised by that. Like, one sister should be the nice sister. Don't you think? Should be one nice sister. What kind of example? And then the way she just sits back and lets Corey just be trampled upon, is it's just like so gross. It's just so, you guys are so gross. I would never ever want to be in a relationship like that where your significant other just is not even for you. Like why be with that person? Listen, you can, do you know that you can, there are, you can go on Love After Lockup and meet people in prison that are, you know, dare I say, a better situation than what you got going on here. There's a new show where there's a woman that is a matchmaker and she matches you up with inmates. Um, there's all the dating apps in the world. He's a good looking guy, you know, someone's gonna find him attractive. Like I just, and he's on TV. Like, I don't understand what the issue is right now. I don't understand what the issue is. You but you just go ahead and pack, pack your bags. The world is open. Tell her that you're gonna go visit your family and just don't come back. Go on a few dates back home and see if they treat you the same way that this girl's treating you. And if they are, then hey, you know, but like. Maybe just go and see if, if it's different on the other side. Because, you know, the saying is that the grass is not greener on the other side. I want to say that this is the exception to that rule. <laughs> All right, let me stop. Let me move on. Steven. Oh, my God. Okay, so Steven, Salt Lake City. It's travel day for Steven. 
He's made his first flight from Salt Lake to New York City. Love New York City, by the way. Um, he has three flights. So he's going Salt Lake to New York, New York to Istanbul. Um, and in between there, he's, he's playing the piano. Uh, he's eating a sandwich all weird. He's wearing his mask all messed up. And we get reminded that, you know, he's only spent two weeks in person, which I think might be a little tweaked because I remember hearing and reading that it was only one week in person that they had spent together. Um, but potato, potato, one week, two weeks, I guess it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> Savannah says the grass is greener where, where you water it. Okay, so they spent two weeks in person and now they have 90 days to get to know each other, right? So that's what they're going to they're gonna do. Meanwhile, Alina, she seems so sweet, you guys. I really am enjoying watching this whole storyline play out. I'm not quite sure what I think about Steven yet. I think he's a little quirky. Oh, oh, his little laugh is it's like crazy to me. But he's a little quirky and I don't know if it's like the young quirkiness or just like the weird quirkiness, you know what I mean? Something's going on with him. I haven't figured it out quite yet. But Alina's packing with her mom, Anna, and her grandma, Ludmila. And they have a tradition before you travel, which I thought, I love, like, that's the one thing I love about the other ways, learning the different traditions. Um, Stevie with the V, facts. Um, learning the different traditions, because I love to travel and I love to learn all that stuff. So I kind of geek out on that. So they have a tradition where before you travel, you sit down without talking. And the tradition is that you sit down without talking so that you have a safe, you have safe travels. So they did that. I thought that was really sweet. Uh, Alina is super excited to see Steven, but, you know, she feels pressured that she has to get married within the 90 days because of the COVID so they can stay in Turkey for the 90 days, but then she wants to be able to bring him back to Russia. And uh, she's just feeling nervous. She's feeling scared as she should. It's her first time living away from home. And then she tells her mom about living separately, how Stephen brought up that he doesn't want to live with her, right? Because of his religious beliefs. And the mom does not like it. She's like, well, what if you're in danger? Where is he gonna be? What's he gonna do? You tell him and you don't you don't ask him. You tell him no. <laughs> I was like, go ahead, Anna. Tell her. Tell her how it is. You go ahead and say, you're not staying at the hostel. I don't feel safe. I didn't leave my mama's house to come travel over to Turkey so you can go sit in a, in a hostel and leave me up in here in this room. That's not going to happen. So you can go ahead and cancel your plans. Like my mama said, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. The end. Rodella's in the building. Hey, Rodella. Hey, girl. Hey. So many of you guys have asked for her when she's not here. She's here. So go ahead and uh, utilize that. Chat away with her. She is in the building. So mama's not impressed with it. She's like, you know what? Sweetheart, try not to lose your head, right? Because, you know, you lose your head when you're in love and make smart decisions. And I was like, that, if I'm ever a mom, I want to be that type of mom where you're just like practical, like make wise decisions. I trust that I raised you well and 
Don't lose your head over some nonsense. Don't lose your head over some penis. That's basically what she was saying. So um, the mom's feeling anxious because she doesn't know what to expect. She's only met that Steven that one time and now she's letting her, you know, baby travel to go meet this guy that, you know, two episodes ago she thought was going to kidnap her and steal her organs. So she's feeling a little like, what's happening? This is a little, you know, I'm a little anxious. So Alina travels, gets there safe. Uh, she's waiting for Steven. She's nervous, of course, to see him after such a long period of time. And then Steven arrives and then this is where it just gets funny to me. So Steven arrives, he drops his bag, grabs her, they have a big hug, he spins her around. She's laughing, giggling. He's like, huh, his little weird laugh. And here's, here's what I thought, because as a traveler, and I know Raydella, I know Amanda, like all my travelers are gonna feel the same way. So this is what I saw in that moment. So they were having a special cute moment, but me thinking as like a frequent traveler, one of the travelers that I'm like, hey, I have my TSA pass. Like I, I'm trying to get to where I'm going. For this fool to just drop his bags where we all have to exit. And so now we have to maneuver between the bags and these two fools. I was like, oh no, Steve. Oh no, Steven. No. Pick up your bags immediately. So um, he just drops his bag. They're both happy to see each other. He's like, oh, you're so cute. He starts like petting her hair. They kiss and they make out. And she's like, I like your hair. I guess he's been growing out since the year that they've seen each other. He says she's heaven on earth. It was all very just, it was very juvenile. And I don't know if I feel like it was juvenile because they're young or it's just juvenile because it was like awkward, like awkward, it was awkward. Anyhow, they jump in the cab. They're going to go back to uh, their apartment. She wants to have that conversation like, hey, you know, are we staying in the same apartment? And he's like, well, you know, we talked about it, you know, just for tonight. And she's like, no, like, I'm not staying there alone. I don't feel safe. And he's like, well, maybe we can talk about it after. She's like, no, we can talk about it now. And he's trying to say that there's going to be temptation of sex every day. And he's not going to be able to control himself and nothing. Um, he doesn't want anything to delay her baptism and his commitment to the church. And he doesn't think he's strong enough because he is going to want to have that. And he has no self-control. Um, Master Blackjack says, breaking news, I heard that Arias... Steven with the V, uh, was that is the same area that Marcel is from? I would believe it. Oh, everyone say hi to the creative QT. That person's new. Hey. Um, so she doesn't feel comfortable being alone. And he can't understand why she's not going to be comfortable. And she can't understand why he can't understand why she wouldn't want to stay by herself. Well, I guess part of that is you all don't know each other. You spent one, maybe two weeks in person. What do guys like how many times do I have to have the conversation y'all? 
before you start packing bags, moving in with people, saying you're in a relationship with Tim Buck and two, have the conversations. Uh, like, listen, after two weeks, I guess we're in love. We're going to have an online phone relationship for a year. And then I'm going to pick up my stuff and move halfway across the world to be with you. So if I'm going to be with you, then let's put down some rules. Let's have a conversation. Where are we going to live? Oh, we're going to live together or are we going to live apart? Who's going to pay for those bills? What are we going to do in the 90 days? Like even me seeing the sneak peek for next week where Steven's like, he doesn't know if he's ready to get, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't think you're ready. The whole purpose of you going to move to Turkey was so that you can get married in 90 days. So does it matter if you propose to her on day 30 or day 60 or day 90? No, because you're going to get married. So like, what? I'm sorry, you sound crazy. But have those conversations, y'all, so that you don't get caught up in silly situations like that. <sighs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Linda said, what's scarier, staying alone or staying with him? She wants to feel safe. I guess she feels safe with Steven because, you know, really he is the only person that she knows in that country and it's her first time away from her home. So she's not trying to be alone and scared. Apartment seems nice. I was, it was confusing to me because I was like, it's an apartment or is it a room in a house that they rent out? Cause it looked more like a room in a house, like an Airbnb house that the family still lived in. That's what it looked like to me. Um, but both of them first time living away from home and then it just gets more and more awkward. They sit down, they have these like kisses. He's like, I'm going to take off my shoes. Do you want me to take off your shoes? She says, no, but he does it anyways. And it was like weird. And then he's like, you look good. He's like, oh, one more kiss. Okay. One more. Okay. One more. Okay. One more. Oh, one more. One more. Okay. Shut up. Why are you being so weird and like awkward? So then Alina is talking about this hostel again. Hey, Angelica. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, and she's like, you're not staying at the hostel. He's like, well, you know, our faith doesn't allow for us to live together. Well, again, did you not have that conversation when you thought about this? And like, you're going to be married in 90 days because that's the whole point of this. So I don't, is your faith going to like, scroll down on you. I'm trying to say like the rapture, is it going to come down on you in the 90 days that you're going to get married or can you be okay? Like, I'm just, I don't know. So he just really feels like he's not going to be able to control himself. And she's like, well, that sounds like an excuse to me. It sounds like a whack excuse to me. She's like, we can just, I can lock the door at night. You can sleep on the couch. I can lock the door at night and then problem solved. Then he does this and says this crazy word, the scootily loop poop. Scootily loop poop. I was like, what is that? She, Alina's like, what is that? He's like, you know, it's when you do it, you have sex, you have intercourse, penetrate. Okay, Steven, 
why are you so extra and awkward and like, uh, and where did you, what is, what word is that? I did not look it up because I just didn't have time and I think it's ridiculous, but I don't think it's a word. And I want to know what person is going to join scootily boop poop and intercourse together and make, think that sounds sexy and appealing. Bizarre, just absolutely 100% bizarre. So she's against the whole hostile thing. He doesn't think he can control himself. He feels like, you know, looking back on his life that he wished that he kept the law of chastity. Still hasn't told her that he's not a virgin and that's why he's being all super weird and feels like he can't control his urges. I, I mean, what? Hey, Juliet. Hey, girl. Hey, like what? How old are you? What is he, 25? I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess he's at that age, right? Where like, you don't really, you can't, 25, you're like kind of right there. You should kind of know better. You should have like got it out of your system and totally. Wait, it's a real word? What? Master Blackjack says it was research. Turns out it's a word in the urban dictionary. And Deanna says, I looked it up. It's an urban dictionary. Some lame author used that stupid word. Okay, you guys, learned something new. Apparently it's a word. It's not a word that I will be using anytime soon. So, um, Alina's super disappointed. Linda, Linda, you're cracking me up. I can't look at the live chat. Linda says, you can't blame his weirdness on his age. He's just a creepy weirdo. He is super, he's like, I can't figure it out yet, Linda. I'm not sure. I'm trying to decide if he's just like super nerdy and like quirky or if he's like creepy. I haven't quite decided except that laugh. <laughs> that laugh just like kills me. So, um, <laughs> first night, Alina is completely disappointed. It wasn't a cute cuddle. Here's my man after not being together for a year. It wasn't like that. She, if she was like totally 100% disappointed. Instead, it was this weird, like, I'm gonna lie on you on the couch. The couch is comfortable. Okay, you tired? You wanna go to bed? Yes, want to go to bed. Oh, before we go to bed, we're going to, you know, which is fine. Like, I'm totally like a faith person. So, like, you know, read your scripture, whatever. But then he's like, do you want me to tuck you in? She's like, no, I'm not fucking five. Like, no, I don't want you to tuck me in, you weirdo. Okay, I guess I just decided that he is a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> so they go to sleep. It's his next morning. He's showered, knocks on the door. You know, do you want me to change in there? Do you want me? Do you want to pick up my clothes? Okay, we'll pick up my clothes as long as it matches you, which was confusing to me because she was just in the room. She wasn't doing anything. She was fully dressed. So, like, get out of the room and go sit in the living room, and then he can go and get changed and pick out his own 
clothes because he's a grown ass man. Like that whole scene was very bizarre to me. And like the whole getting changed and like the whole thing, you guys, was just like so amateur hour. Anyways, he's getting ready in the bathroom. Did you guys peep the old spice? I was like, is that old man deodorant that you use? And no disrespect. I'm not saying, I'm just asking because he's 25 and I didn't know 25 year olds use Old Spice. I thought that was like an old man thing and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sure y'all will let me know, but I, I did notice that. And so they're getting ready to go out. She looks beautiful, has this beautiful summer dress on. He's got shorts and a tank top on or a t-shirt on. When he goes outside, you guys, this would have been it for me. This would have been like, this is like, I just couldn't, I, this would have been it for me for the day until you dried off. But he decides that he wants to go in the pool and he's going to go in the pool completely with his clothes on right now, as they're supposed to be going and doing some errands and some important things, right? Going to see the hostel, maybe getting some food. This fool jumped right into the pool says to her in her beautiful dress, do you want to come in? No, I don't want to come in. Like she said, do you see this dress? Steven, do you, have you dated before? I, this girl who just did her hair and put on a pretty dress is not jumping in the pool with you when you guys have shit to do. He gets out, he puts on his shoes, grabs his water bottle and walks out like he's not dripping wet and that they're gonna just walk around the town. You don't think that the townspeople are looking at these two foreigners thinking, what's going on with these two weirdos? And why is he all wet walking, just walking around, wants to hold her hand like he's not soaking wet? Like, um, I, would have said, we are not going anywhere until you go back upstairs and change and dry so that you don't look like a lunatic and people don't think that you're kidnapping me because you're all like wet. Like, why are you wet? Okay, I don't know if this is true. Some people say that he's on the spectrum, so we shouldn't shame him. I don't think that's verified, though. Carry on. Okay, well, I don't know that to be true. I don't know that to be true, and I, I don't feel like I'm shaming him. I'm just asking questions because some of it doesn't make sense to me. Like just jumping in the pool with your clothes on and then expecting your girlfriend to jump in with you when you guys have things to do, it doesn't make sense to me. And then acting like you're not all wet and walking down the street. Like I get having fun jumping in the pool or jumping in the ocean and it's part of the day and it's romantic and sexy and all that stuff. But that's not that. That's not what happened. He just randomly, it was like he fell in, got out. He didn't even like do a lap or anything. He just went in, jumped out and was like, oh, now I feel cool. Like, No, doesn't, no. And here's the thing, and Lena knows her man. She's like, you know what? Steven does crazy things and crazier than like the regular person would do. And she's okay with that. She's okay with it. Cause she knows that this dude that she cares about is a little like 
weird. And maybe sometimes she thinks it's cute. And maybe sometimes she doesn't think it's cute, but she knows who he is. So they walk with him. Can you imagine a soggy shoe? All of it. This is nonsense to me. They walk to uh, the hostel. She doesn't even want to go inside. She's like, I don't even want to look inside. Just go and cancel. You're not staying there um, because she also is having some insecurities about him talking to other girls and wanting to date other girls and all the things. So she's just like, no. And then he's like, I don't understand why you're insisting for me to stay with you. It makes me doubt that you want to be baptized. What, Stephen, how did you two and two become four? Because that's like two and 10 equaling four, which it doesn't. You are feeling guilty. You need to tell her that you are not a virgin, that you, like you said, sinned before in the past. And that's why you're acting crazy because you can't control yourself. Because dare I say, Stephen, you might have questions, but if you had never done it, you would not know what you were missing. And so therefore you wouldn't be as tempted as you are. <sighs> On to Ari and Vinny. This is another one where I'm just having a little bit of a hard time understanding some of this stuff. So let me get this straight. For the last three episodes, Ari's basically been in love with her ex-husband and she's only ever talked about her ex-husband and best friend and she misses him and send the bras and do the bras and like, fights and the whole, all the things. And then we're going to do a 360 in this one episode in the first 30 minutes of the show. I, I'm confused, but okay. Like when you do stuff like that, it just makes me feel like this is just a storyline and not like real life. Because why are we getting so invested in this dude that you say that you spent 10 years with? married for 10 years and apparently you're 29 now and we've known you now for like how many years but you're still only 29 but you were married for 10 years when you got married at 19 and then now you're like this is my best friend but we had never met him in any of the seasons before and then now he's here you guys make a big deal for the for th what six hours of my life to then tell me that you don't really want to be with him like what anyhow x husband, Leandro and Vinny, they're kicking it on the couch. Um, and Ari comes in and they're going to, Ari and Leandro are going to go for coffee and she hasn't even told Vinny about it. Like, were you guys not sleeping in the same bed? Did you not have a conversation like, hey, like, what are our plans tomorrow? Oh, I plan to, you know, spend some alone time with Leandro and go for coffee and catch up. Is that okay with you, honey? Like, you guys didn't just you just woke up and were like, hey, Leandro, let's go out and Benny, peace out. You don't, you don't talk to like, I, I'm confused about how these relationships work because where's the communication? So Benny doesn't feel good about it. He feels A, jealous. B, he thinks that his neighbors are gonna wonder like, who's this dude? And they're gonna become suspicious and they're gonna start gossiping and he doesn't really feel like dealing with that. And yet Ari goes. So she goes to coffee with Leandro. 
she is now saying that she's scared that Benny might cheat on her because of him allegedly cheating on his ex. I mean, if you want to make that argument, and we talked about it earlier in the show, you all said that if you're on break, but you're still married, then it's cheating. I said it wasn't. Some of you guys said it was. She was still married when she met Benny, got in a relationship with him, and had a baby and was still married. So you guys work out the numbers and the timeline whether you're cheating or you're not cheating, if you're on break or separated, I'm just saying like, I don't know if it's really potato potato because that's this is a similar situation that we just talked about with Corey and Evelyn, similar situation. So if you're, if you're separated, then I think people think you're separated. <sighs> Anyhow, so she's having some alone time with Leandro. She's really happy he came and she just really, felt in that moment that it finally sunk in that they weren't going to end up together. It just sunk in in this moment. You had a full-on baby and got engaged last year, and you're just now realizing that you're not going to end up with Leandro? That's concerning. Um, we find out that originally they both didn't want to have kids, and then she turned 25 and she had a change of heart. And she says now that they broke up because, you know, he didn't want to compromise and she didn't want to compromise. But last week you just said that you guys never broke up because you just left and never came back and you weren't really broken up. So like, what is it? Cause I always tell you guys, obviously that, you know, you have to have the kid conversation. It's, it is a deal breaker. And either you're going to want them or not want them. And you guys know how I feel. The four questions you should ask before you get in a serious relationship. And so I'm just confused. Like, what is it? What, did you guys break up or did you not break up? Because I remember everything and, and it's not adding up. Like last week you said something different. This week it's something different. Maybe you broke up for multiple reasons or maybe you, you just left. And then you had all these reasons in your head and now they're just coming out of your mouth. I don't know. But this week you broke up because you wanted to have kids and he didn't at 25. But so from 25 to 29, the four years, you like, I, do you see what I'm saying? The math doesn't add up. You said that you were married to him from 19 to 29. And now you're saying at 25, you had to change your heart. You wanted kids. And then so you, and then you said there was no compromises. So you, Decide at 25 you want to have kids and he still didn't, and then you stuck it, stuck around for the next four years, but yet you're still 29 with the one year old. I don't friggin' know. <sighs> Anyhow, then she does something else that I just don't personally like, and you guys can let me know how you feel about it. I just personally think that if you're in a relationship with someone, you're in a relationship with that person, and you absolutely especially don't ask your ex to give their opinion on your current relationship when in any situation are they going to be like yeah that's a great idea you're in a wonderful relationship is way better than our relationship and you should totally just be happy and healthy when are they ever going to say that they're not so she's asked his opinion about her relationship with benny he says you guys still have a lot of work to do um you know, I don't really like the area you live in. I don't like the conditions that you live in. They're different from where you're from. 
Um, it's opposite to the US and you know, you don't have the same studying opportunities and you don't have the same job opportunities. And you know, you just literally said that you were homesick. So I don't think that you actually feel at home here versus being in Princeton. Okay. First of all, Leandro, okay. First of all, don't act all uppity. I cannot stand when people think that America's the end all be all. Okay, not everyone in the whole world wants to move to America and have the same lifestyle. Some people love simple lifestyles. Some people, some places in the world, Africa included, are actually much beautiful, much beautiful, that's not even, Linda, grow up, are much more beautiful than you guys even realize. Houses that are like mansions and and beautiful oceans and, and beaches and people and like, some people are just happy where they are. So don't like, turn. don't just be on some, friggin' show with some dude that doesn't have a real job. So that's why you guys aren't living in an area that is suitable to Princeton. If you actually moved to an area that was comparable to Princeton in Ethiopia, you might be saying something different, but your man don't work and your woman don't work. None of y'all work. So that's why you live where you live because you're the other woman, the woman's parents pay for the house that you're living in. Okay. Leandro, just like apples and oranges, if you're gonna compare something, compare things that are similar. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'll put it in reference. You're not gonna compare, because everyone knows Los Angeles, California. You're not gonna compare Beverly Hills to Skid Row wherever Skid Row is where you live, because there's a Skid Row in every city. You're not going to compare the two because they're not the same. That's all I'm saying. So she goes on to say, well, she does think Ethiopia is home. She does think that there's potential for her to, to live in Ethiopia and have a health, healthy and happy life. And he doesn't believe, believe her. Leandro doesn't believe her. Um, because she kept saying that she was homesick and she kept begging him to come and visit her. He then goes on to say, are you sure this is what you want? Are you sure you want to marry Benny? Are you sure you want to have a family? Um, she's, she's already has a family and she's already with Benny. So if she's not sure, she should be sure. And if she's not sure, you shouldn't be the reason why she's not sure. And you shouldn't be the one that's asking her if she's not sure, because we already know that she has been holding on to you up until this moment. Then she goes on to say that uh, she feels that her and Benny have communication issues because he doesn't communicate and that he doesn't follow through on his actions. And she feels that's why he does stupid mistakes sometimes. Then she goes on to say that um, Benny doesn't know how to be a husband. Now that comment gave me pause because as I look at you with your ex-husband while your current future husband is at home, 
I'm wondering if you know how to be a wife. Hey, Amber. Hey, girl. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Amber. So, I mean, if you have the question whether he's going to be a good husband, I'm sure he's wondering the same thing about if you're going to be a good wife. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's uh, Ethiopian Orthodox holiday. And so they're going to go celebrate at the sister's house. And the first time that the sister's are going to be meeting Leandro, the ex-husband. And they get there and listen, Wish and Mimi chose violence this day, as they seem to always choose when it comes to Ari. They are not feeling her at all. At all, at all. At least on TV, they're not feeling her. Anyways, uh, it's a celebration of the Son of God. They build a campfire. They dance around the campfire. They jump over the fire. They make a wish, um, you know, for their life. And anytime that Ari goes there, there's tension with the family. And so it's Elob, the brother, Mimi, and Wish, the sisters. And Wish is always on fire when it comes to Ari. She is not feeling her at all. At all at all at all and she like like i said she chooses violence each and every single time so what happens they do all that they make the wish you should be like all happy and like peace and love because you just did a whole celebration of god oh no that did not happen they sat down and right away leander's like oh i don't think i was you know formally introduced to you guys and they get introduced and they're like, who are you? Are you, are you the best friend? Yeah, that's not best friend who was married to Ari for the last 10 years. Yeah, that's not normal in Ethiopia. Do you, and then Wish goes on, do you think it's appropriate that you're staying at the current boyfriend's house when you're the ex-husband? Do you think that's appropriate? And also too, uh, what happened when you were in New Jersey? Because you two were alone while she was pregnant. So can you go ahead and tell us about that? Because, oh, by the way, Ari never told Benny and she lied about it and we had to tell him. And so what's up with that? Like when she, I say she came guns a-blazing, she came guns a-blazing. Leander is looking there like, yeah, I know I'm extra, but that I, that's how I felt he looked. It felt like he was sitting there looking dumb. No one's saving him once again. He's just looking there like, why am I here? What, like, what is going on? And so he says, you know, I don't follow rules. She's my best friend. We kind of go the and Wish is like, yeah, well, you guys are perfect because she doesn't follow rules either. Okay, Wish, first of all, calm down. Okay. I personally feel the same way how I feel about Leslie and the other dingbat. I feel like y'all are too busy in other people's relationships. You need to focus on your own. And then you wouldn't be so mad. I get that you feel protective of your brother, Benny. I get that he has a horrible track record when it comes to being with other women and especially American women. And you're feeling protective over that. But, you know, that ex is not Ari. So you can't already be extra mad at her because she's a foreigner and had a baby with your loose brother. Like you can't, you can't be mad at, at at her right it takes two to tango your brother if anything you should be mad at your brother he clearly has a pattern where he has unprotected sex with foreigners has some babies and then the foreigners go back like maybe look at your brother and ask him why he does that i'm just 
you know, I'm just saying like, it takes two to tango. So all your wrath that you have for, for Ari, in my opinion, wish is a little bit misplaced. Like just a little bit misplaced. She hasn't done anything. She's living, she's actually living in Ethiopia and she's living in a house that her parents pay for that your brother lives for free for so he can pursue his dancing and rapping and jumping around and MMA and all the other 10 jobs that he has that don't actually pay him. So you might want to be a little nicer to the person that's keeping a roof over your brother's head. Just saying. Anyhow, Ari says that, you know, you really need to stop comp comparing me to his ex-wife because I'm not the ex-wife and I'm not going to take the baby away. And she's like, well, how do we know? We still have to ask you. Okay, Wish, calm down. Calm down. Reel it in. Ari's had enough, so she wants to leave. And she gets up and she's like, oh, am I leaving alone? And Wish could not help herself. She's like, no, you're leaving with Leandro. Oh, so you're just, you're going to be on 100 the whole way. Just attack, 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 attack. Okay. They all leave. And uh, that was the end of that. It's the end of Leandro's trip. So she, Ari's feeling sad and in the vehicle on the way to the airport, asks him if he's going to miss her while her husband is holding her hand in the front seat. Well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward. Just a little bit. And meanwhile, Benny's literally, if he could be doing backflips because we know he knows how to do them. He's like, hasta la vista, baby. He's super excited because his ne nemesis is leaving. He can feel more comfortable and less um, scared that he's about to lose his baby mama. So he's happy that Leandro's leaving. And they get to the airport. Ari says goodbye. She gives him this long hug, so long that Benny's like, easy, Ari, easy, tiger, easy. Leandro even has to say, hey, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like she's just hugging and holding on to him super long. She kisses him, not on the lips, on the cheek. She still kisses him while her husband just stands there and says, wow. These relationships, you guys, are outrageous. Like outrageous to me. It's outrageous. Like, listen, listen. If you and I are dating... And not only dating, like we're common law and we're engaged, so you're my fiance, and I have your baby. Come closer, come closer, just a little bit closer. Let me tell you right now, there's no fucking way that you're hugging up on your ex the way that this person was hugging up on her ex. There's no way, and also, your ex is not staying with us, and also your ex is not welcome in our house to stay with us so that, that your ex and you can say how much you guys miss each other and you guys are BFFs. Meanwhile, I have a baby at home with you. It's not fucking happening. So all of this, it's not happening. Just, just, just so you know where I'm coming from. So Leander, bye Leander, he's gone. They go back home. Benny's feeling nervous because he feels like he might lose Ari and Avi. And obviously that comes from a place where he was before with his ex. So it's bringing up some trauma from his past, some baggage from his past. 
And he's like, you know, I love you. You are my life. I want to be with you. I want to be happy with you and stay happy times and all the things. And I don't want to lose you, blah, blah, blah. You're God's gift to me. And Ari's like, okay, well, if me and Avi are God's gift, then you need to prove it. And you need to communicate more. And you need to stop staying out late. All the things. And he's like, well, you know, it's hard for me to open up ever since I lost both of my parents. I've just kept all the pain and hurt inside. It sounds like you need therapy, by the way. Just FYI, Benny. I, I really feel like you just need to like go ahead and get a therapist and talk through some of that stuff. Sounds like some past trauma that you need to work through. And so, but she knows these things. So she knows that he has this trauma in his past. And I think that she should allow him to work through that and, and maybe work through it with him. So she says that she loves him. She knows that Benny's a better match for her in the long run. So Benny is who she wants to be with. So she says. Now moving on to Ellie. It's a long show. There's a lot of shit happening. Uh, Ellie's emotional from the night before. She's feeling a lot more positive because uh, she took a cold ass shower. And so she's feeling a little bit better. And uh, she has booked a boat to go to Provencia. Pro Wait, how does she say it? Provencia. Provencia. Uh, tomorrow to go look for Victor. In the meantime, she's going to go shopping. Now, here's, here's what I need you guys to know, okay? So she's going to go shopping because she needs to buy clothes for people in Provencia. And because I'm like this and also I know some things... I needed you guys to pay attention to the type of clothes that she was buying. So she was buying like t-shirts and stuff, but she was buying a lot of like young people's things. And when I say young people, like teenage stuff, that isn't, is important to know. I'm letting you know right now that that is important to know. Cause I'm about to tell you some things. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you are missing out in your life, by the way. But I'm going to share something that I shared with my Patreon subscribers last week. Only one thing, you guys, so that, you know, you guys kind of see what you're missing out on. Um, but it was important to see that she's buying, like, kids' clothes. Not kids' clothes, like teenage clothes. Anyways, the very next day she's buying these clothes. She's going to take a boat back to Provincia to go look for Victor. Um, and then she gets back to the hotel and she gets what sounds like a text, but apparently it's a phone call. That's how her phone rings. It sounds like a text. And it's a Victor. He just happened to. Okay, let me not be like that. Let me... No, I am going to be like that because i that's who I am. He just happened to be at the airport. He just happened to get on the plane. I don't know if they were evacuating people on planes for free, but all of a sudden he has enough money to grab a flight over to the main island. I, I mean, I don't know, but he just happened to be there. And she, who's the tourist, who's staying at a hotel, is going to go pick him up from the airport? Okay. I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. A whole lot of sense to me. It does not make any sense to me. But that's what she does. So she is excited to hear from him. And she's going to just jump in a taxi and go to San Andreas Airport and pick up her man. 
meanwhile, she's in, and this is sad. It is, it is sad, but she feels like her life is a little bit cursed because she has dealt with a lot of loss and death in her life. Um, her husband died unexpectedly, then her mom died unexpectedly, and then her dad died, dad quite her dad passed quite suddenly from cancer. So she just can't take any more loss in her life. And I think that's part of the reason why she's holding on to Victor so tightly. So she doesn't want to think about the cheating that he's done or the domestic violence in his past. She just wants to think about the happy times and the fact that he's alive because she was scared that he was not alive and that she was never going to see him again. Well, if you didn't think you were going to see him again, why, why did you pick up from your safe place in Seattle and fly all the way to Columbia? if you thought you weren't going to see him. In it. I mean, don't say stuff that you don't mean. That's all I'm saying. Like, obviously, you thought you were going to see him again or you wouldn't have flown across the world to go see him. So anyway, she's excited to see Victor. It was a great surprise to hear from him. Was it a surprise? And we finally meet Victor, 38, at the airport. He's like, I'm here. I love you. He thought he wasn't going to, she wasn't going to come. He was happy to see her. He's happy to have love again. He's happy to have kisses again. I bet you are. I bet you are, Victor. Um, you know, he just survived a Category 5 hurricane devastation. Didn't know he was going to be alive, all the things. Thought it was the end. Um, and, you know, he's just really going to carry that with him for life, which absolutely makes sense. And so they're going back to her hotel, which, you guys, I'm just confused. But what's the plan right now? So what's the, I'm going to ask you this. I already know what the answer is, but I'm going to ask you as if I didn't know what the answer is. So what's the plan? Your international boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, your international partner travels halfway across the world to a country that just went through a category five hurricane. So you probably have lost stuff because the house that he was building didn't even really have a roof. So he left the small island to come to the big island to stay with you at the hotel. Like, what's the plan? Because you said you were actually moving there and this was phase one. So like, are y'all gonna stay in the hotel? Like, what's the plan moving forward? Do you see what I'm, do you, you feel me, you guys? Like, what's the plan? They're clearly not a plan and it doesn't make sense. Dasha says the plan is him is for him to live off Ellie. And Raydella says, I can't believe that she actually went there. Like, what's the plan? Anyways, it's been eight months, a pandemic and a hurricane. They're finally together. They're happy to be together. They get to the hotel and she says, welcome home. And I'm like, welcome home to what? The hotel that you're staying at? That, Like, what's the, what are y'all going to do? Well, she says the future is unknown. Clearly it's unknown. Now, if you don't want to have a spoiler you're not part of my Patreon, so you don't know, or you don't, I don't know, whatever. If you don't want to know anything to spoil this season for you, then I suggest that you stop listening because I'm about to spoil something really big right now. Um, this is Victor. Victor is in Seattle. So I broke news, I think last week, two weeks ago, I don't know when it was, but I broke news that, um, well, it wasn't my news, but I shared news that I heard from Reddit 
that Ellie was back in Seattle. She was spotted at her her pizzeria. And people thought, speculated that it was over between her and Victor. Actually, it's not over between her and Victor because Victor is actually in Seattle with her, living in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, which obviously I think was the original plan. We go back to the original plan from the first episode where he was going to come to America, but because of COVID, all the things, he couldn't, so she was going to go there, which made sense for her to go on the show the other way. But like I said, originally, I don't think she was ever moving because she didn't pack her house up properly at all. All her shit was there. She took two bags with her to go to Parencia, which really was nothing. It was just for the story, in my opinion. Anyways, Victor is in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this is a wedding that they attended. Now, many people are asking who's the girl. The girl is his daughter who's also in the Pacific Northwest. And that's why I told you that it was important for you guys to know about the clothes that Ellie was buying on her second day there that were teenage clothes. Cause I believe that it was for his daughter that Ellie knows about the daughter. And the whole original plan was for them to come to America to be a one happy family. And that is all I want to say. That is all I'm going to say. Just know that he's in the U.S. He's been in the U.S. for a while. And they live in the Pacific Northwest. That's it. That, that's it. Dash is asking, is that her mom? No. So the two people on the end of this picture, they're just guests. They're just guests of the wedding that they attended. The people that you should focus on are the two people in the middle of the picture, Victor and his daughter in Seattle at this wedding. First wedding since the pandemic. So many emotions, pure happiness and joy for the newlyweds, excitement to meet new friends and to finally dress up, blah, blah, blah. So there's that. And uh, for my Patreon subscribers, we will be talking more about this, but I thought I would share this little snippet for you all since it is the other way. All right. Kenny and Armando, the only ones that make me truly happy on this season so far. And when I say I cried, I cried, y'all. Like, I, I, I really, I did cry. This was, like, all so beautiful. So they're off to San Felipe to visit Armando's family. And, you know, Cass is there and Cass and, and Hannah, they are really close in real life, you guys. Like, they are very close. Like, sisters, they take cute photos together all the time. And they're always, like, visiting now. And it's really sweet. Um, and if we remember from last season, the mom and dad weren't really on board with any of this. The mom, even though she's being more accepting, she wasn't really, like, accepting it. And she wanted Kenny and Armando to have a small wedding. Um, but they're going to go there and explain that they want to have a wedding extravaganza. The biggest wedding of the year to celebrate their love as they should. As they should. They've jumped through hoops to be together. They should have whatever wedding they want. I'm totally for it. So they take the four-hour drive to San Felipe. Um... Armando's feeling anxious because, you know, the dad last time didn't want to be around them and didn't accept them. And it caused, you know, friction within the family. 
So they get there and Virginia, who's the mom is there and Deborah, the sister's there. Some other people are there. Hannah and Cassidy, Armando and Kenny, it's one big reunion, but like where's dad? And Virginia tries to, you know, front for the dad and says, oh, he's at the store, but really he's just inside. He's like, I think the dad is taking time to warm up to this whole situation. But you know what? He's warming up and that's what's warming my heart because to see how this is like panning out, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. So the dad comes out, he hugs Armando, he rubs his head. They say like, I love you, I love you so much. And I was crying, no, you're crying. No, I was crying, no, you're crying. No, we were all crying. And then the mom says, you know, you should say hello to Kenny's daughter. And this is what's so sweet to me. The dad's like, in Spanish, he says, oh, he says, okay, but in one second, because he's still embracing his son who he hasn't seen in like a year, who the last time that they saw each other was not on great terms. And I guess the dad had time, like he had the year to think about like, this is my, this is my boy, forever my boy. And it was just beautiful to see that, that embrace. And it was beautiful to see the emotion and the love between father and son. And like, just them reuniting so mom let them have their moment after their moment he greets Cass and gives her a hug he greets Kenny and gives Kenny a hug and it was just a it was a beautiful thing to see and so you know he was coming out sign in his own time in his own way and at least he was like making the effort and I just loved that so Kenny was really happy too because he's never gotten a hug from the dad before. So he feels like there, there's some progress being made. And so they sit down, they're about to have a big family dinner, which I thought was also special. And Kenny wants to thank the dad for coming out and sitting with them, apologizes that he can't speak to him because he doesn't know the language, but he is trying to learn. And we did see that on the last episode. He's trying to pick up Spanish. So I love that about it as well. And the dad was jovial. He laughed. He said, you know, it's okay because I don't know English either. And they have like a cute little moment. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Dad's smiling and laughing. And Kenny's like, you know, something's different about this time. And he's always had dreams that they would be one blended happy family. So Kenny goes, you know, he's in his feelings. He goes off on another little talk and thanks them again for welcoming his daughter and you know, he's been there for a year now. He misses his family. And this just having laughs and, and being around family, it just makes him feel warm and happy and all the things. Cass starts crying. He starts crying. We all start crying because it was a beautiful moment. Just like you just felt the healing there. You felt the acceptance there. You felt the love coming back. And, you know, if you didn't have a little tear in your eye, then you have a cold dead heart <laughs> anyhow kenny goes on to say that it's nice to be laughing and smiling um we find out or armando explains to the rest of the family that it's the first time that you know kenny's been away from his family right for such an extended period of time and you know, they start crying again. Even the mom starts crying. She's like, you know, I can relate. I can empathize with 
with Kenny because I'm a mom too and I have kids and I get like being away from your kids for so long. I get that. Like as a parent, anyone would get that. And so um, then they're just sitting and this is the time where Kenny thinks that Armando is going to tell the family, hey, by the way, we're getting married and we have a big wedding and I want you guys to all be there. But Armando is feeling pressured and he doesn't want to do it because they've all been having a good time and he's not ready to have a non-positive reaction. But meanwhile, Kenny is getting mad because he's like, I don't feel like I should always be the one that has to bring stuff up. I think Armando should bring it up. We had the whole, this was the plan. The plan was to tell them. So why aren't we telling them? And so, you know, we see a little bit of tension there, but not enough for it to be like a big, big old deal. Last and certainly least for me in this season because it's the same shit different. Like, y'all have been doing this nonsense for like 10 years. I'm over it. Jenny, either he's going to marry, he's not going to marry you. Guess what? He's not going to marry you. But I'm tired of hearing about him not being able to marry you and him having every other plan for you but to marry you. Like, I'm tired of it. I feel like you should be tired of it as well. So... No solution without getting married. Time is not on my side, she says. You know, if I have to leave the country, you don't have a passport. And he hasn't gone to make an effort to get his passport. He's a grown-ass man, but hasn't done it. He keeps making the excuse that his in-laws have his passport to find out that they don't have the passport. They say they've never, they don't have it. So freaking go get a new passport. What's the big deal? Go, what do you, you don't work. What are you busy doing? Go get a freaking passport. Jenny says that Samit needs to grow up a little bit. He's, you know, always lived with his family and his parents always used to take care of him. I mean, Samit, you're, you're pushing 40. That, like, don't, don't, just don't. I, I cannot have any sympathy. You're, you're pushing 40. Closer to 40 than you are to 20. You should just, just all of it. It's just all, ugh. So yeah, he needs to grow up. Go so he, they go to file his passport is missing and it's literally that easy. My passport's missing. There they have someone do an investigation to make sure it's actually missing. Then all he has to do is apply online. A month later, boom, he's got his new passport. Ooh, that was so hard. Oh my god. Why didn't I do it sooner? Meanwhile, Simba says that he overthinks everything, and because he overthinks everything, he has fear, and the fear cripples him, and that's why he doesn't actually do any action. Now, here is where I just couldn't take it. I literally didn't have any wine in the house, or I would have ha I would have poured myself a glass of wine to get through this last little part, where Jenny says, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to be able to do this for much longer. You know, the last time I got here, I said that you said that you would marry me. And every time you say that, you say that you're going to marry me and you haven't married me. And if you're serious about marrying me, then you should, okay? And he's like, okay. Oh, but you said that before. You always say, okay. You always say you're going to marry me and then you never marry me. Fuck! Listen, Jenny, listen. First of all, there's no way that I'm begging anyone to marry me. There's no way I'm begging anyone to marry me, period. 
Second of all, if this fool has been saying over and over and over and over and over again that he's going to marry you, but to camera, he says, I'm not going to marry her. I can't go against my family. Then what do you think is going to happen? Okay. She says that she's never said anything like this to before. Are you, are you watching the same show that I've been watching for the past a thousand years? You say this every friggin' season that you're on. What do you mean you've never said this to be him before? And that, then she goes on to say that she's not going to wait forever. Jenny, you've been waiting for 10 years. You, my friend, have been waiting since he catfished you in, what, 2012? You've been waiting since then. So I have always been told this. How you start a relationship is how you end a relationship. And you all ended, started your relationship fucked up, catfished, lied to, scammed on. And lo and behold, 10 years later, guess what? It's still fucked up. You're being scammed and lied to. Why are you surprised? Oh, hey, Francis. Hey, girl. Hey. So that's it. That literally, that's it. That's all that happened with them. Because guess what? That's all it is it's ever going to be about. Oh, marry me. Marry me. You said you're going to marry me. Oh, no. You should become a Hare Krishna. Oh, no. You should go to Nepal. Oh, no. You should go back to America. Oh, no. You should just like be undercover and be illegal here. Oh, no. Like all the things. All the things that Jenny should do in order for him not to marry her. Like at what point do you say, guess he's not going to marry me. I should just go back, cut the ties, and call it a day. But, oh, no, he loves you. Does he, Jenny? Does he? Like, maybe you should sit down in, in a corner and really ask yourself what you love about him and what he brings to the table. And then ask yourself, what are you getting out of this relationship? Are you getting emotional support? Does he choose you over his family? Is it you two against the world? Because I feel like the answers are no, 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 and no. Anyhow, that was the episode, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Make sure wherever you're watching, you hit that like, thumbs up button. I will be here tomorrow with more reviews. Um, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day. we got shows all week, so bye for now. <laughs>